Oh, snap. Dude, you got the hookup. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, thank you, New York goddess. All right. So I'm going to do a, like a like a clap and that'll get us started. <laughs> oh, this is fun. This is a good time. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Enjoy this. Thanks, Ben. Shout out to Ben. <laughs> so are you all recording on yours? Okay, excellent. <clears throat> Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. This is part three of a three-part series, Looking Back to Look Forward. Welcome to episode 63, act three, Continuing the Continuum, recorded April 19th, 2023. One size fits all prudent kids all screaming about irrevocability. Let's burn some bridges, earn some stitches, and fight our own way free. Cause the rules don't lie, but they don't apply to people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Now they say it's all decided, all divided, all laid out. And the pushcart man with a three-part plan can't understand what you're shouting about. But when the past they plow, the lives allowed are the only roads you can see. Just remember who walls were built to fall for people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Hey, hey, TA audience. Welcome to Teaching Artistry. This podcast is researched, recorded, and produced on the unceded lands, water, and air, stewarded by the Canarsie and Munsee Lenape peoples in what is colonially known as Brooklyn, New York. Thanks so much for listening and supporting this indie podcast. Invite your peeps, colleagues, and friends to join our global community and subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast player. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Teaching RSU Podcast, and head over to teachingrsu.org to access episodes, guest bios, e-zines, merch, and more. The Teaching RSU with Courtney J. Body Pod Squad is proud to partner with Teaching Artists Guild in a series called Looking Back to Look Forward. This act features the current co-executive directors and a board member. And in this episode, we learn more about how TAG is fostering the national community of teaching artists and arts educators, as well as how the co-leadership model promotes community building amongst staff and the various stakeholders with lots of joy and positivity. And over the course of this series, it's been really wonderful to be a part of showcasing the arc of Teaching Artists Guild from its origins to this moment. And all in the name of advocacy for teaching artists. And it's been super rooted, as you could hear, in real world and lived experiences that will have impacts on the field, both now and looking into the future. Here is episode 63, Act 3, The Continuum Continues. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Teaching RSU Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates artists, culture, and equity. And we're here to 
spotlight our longtime partner and friend of the podcast, Teaching Artists Guild, or TAG. Uh, we are going to be speaking today with members of the TAG leadership to learn more about their current goals and strategic plan for the future. And so let's get right into it. Let's kick things off, go around the room. And can you share your names, pronouns, if you'd like to share, um, and your role at TAG, as well as your role overall in education? Why don't we start with you, Carrie? Hi, Courtney. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. My name is Carrie Warren. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am the co-executive director of the Teaching Artists Guild with Katie. Want to go next? Sure. Um, the dogs are waking up, so <laughs> my apologies if that starts up in here. Um, I'm Katie Rainey. I am also the co-executive director of the Teaching Artists Guild, she, her pronouns, um, and I've been at TAG for about two years now. Uh, not quite two years, all about two years. Um, and then I'll pass it over to you, Marissa. I'm Marissa Ontiveros. I'm so excited to be sharing virtual space with y'all. Um, my pronouns are she, her. Uh, I was formerly, I've actually, my first week, I was just the school partnership program manager at Girl Be Heard, and I've just transitioned to the program manager at the Miranda Family Foundation uh, and currently serve as the secretary of the board. Awesome. So we've got staff in this co-leadership model representing, and then we've got a member of the, your board. Amazing. Amazing. I'm sure I've said this before. I'm going to say it again, that I was involved in the Association of Teaching Artists and was sort of part of the instigator team uh, around the merger, which we've learned from uh, the other groups. So now that you're established as this whole full cohort that's looking at the entire nation and beyond, I'm sure. As the TAG leadership, can you share what the strategic plan is and what the, the next phases for TAG are? I love that you mentioned that there's the staff and one board member. We have a three-person board and just two people on our staff, Katie and I. And um, uh, I'm finishing up on my first year in this co-leadership role. And uh, Katie and I were wanting to talk about um, the ending of the strategic plan that happened before both of us stepped into leadership. Um, that was actually a podcast um, and talked about wanting to bring in more um, people from the NAC and also extending out the leadership so that it just wasn't one executive director. Um, and it was really fun to have all three of us, Halea, Katie, and myself, um, working together and having like these ED meetings, because I feel like a lot of that can be really isolating. So I think before talking about the strategic plan um, that we're going forward, it was really inspired by the one that was created um, when they both merged. Yeah, because if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, that the, uh, the way the Association of Teaching Artists was governed was that it was a board, whereas you call the NAC. What does the NAC stand for? The National Advisory Committee. So for TAG or Teaching Arts Guild, they had this National Advisory Committee. Committee? Council? Mm-hmm. Committee. Committee. Um, so that, so that's, that was always going to be like an interesting, like what's, what's going to happen with that, a board? Like, but we were a working board, or supposedly we were a working board. Um, so that concept of a small board membership of three said, wow. And then how large is the NAC? We are 29 right now. Wow. With, uh, I think, uh, 
22 states represented, 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 (laughs) sorry. So there's 22 states represented, represented in 29 folks. Yep. Mm -hmm. In the Mac. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. So there was a strategic plan to get to this point and to the shared leadership model. Is that my understanding? Yeah, we uh, quite literally on our website, it said the next phase of the strategic plan was coming in 2023. And when we came on, there was no process for that next step, right? They were so focused on the merger, which you've heard about, that that's what the uh, the previous strategic plan was about. So Carrie and I were like, okay, how do we build upon that and really structure this so that like when the next co-ED, you know, Carrie stepped in and I had some structure that I was trying, I stepped in and it was like, I was trying to learn to swim while swimming. Um, and, uh, Carrie stepped in and and I tried to mitigate as much as that as possible, but sometimes that's not possible. Um, and so we're trying to do that for the next co-ED who takes my place, um, at the end of fiscal year, 2024. Um, so that's really what this strategic plan is about is creating structure, not only for our co-EDs, but also for the board and for the NAC. We're really solidifying that leadership. We've got co-chairs of the NAC now, um, which is really exciting. So we're trying to create a continuum. We're, we're getting away from the word pipeline, a continuum of, uh, leadership stepping up, um, and having TAs just like learn those skills that'll make them a co-ED and make them strong leaders. Yes. And um, I know that we mentioned a little bit about some numbers within TAG, like having 29 members of the NAC. uh, And the first start of this strategic plan with Katie and I was assessing what is happening now. What are the flowers? What's working? Um, And I just want to throw out some stats. Uh, We have two new teaching artists that joined our board, including Marissa as the secretary and um, Kayla for our treasurer. We have 13 new teaching artists that joined the NAC. And then we had 29 events through our regional networks in connection with our shared future conference. And we have over 600 new teaching artists and organizations that joined the TAG asset map. And we also had 10,000 job seekers visit our job board and over 12,000 teaching artists um, that use the pay rate calculator. So all of these resources that are on the TAG website that were created before Katie and I got here, they've just, they're going up into the thousands now. So it's just- And that's just this past year, right? Yeah, that's just this year. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. And thinking about like, how accessible our website is, is because it's free, right? So that people don't have to worry about buying a membership or being a part of it. You can sign up for free and have all of these resources. So just opening that up nationally is pretty huge. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, and with that, that expansion of, of utilization of the website and engagement on the programmatic level, what would you say as you are starting to build that infrastructure to continue to have that continuum? I love that language, the continuum for leadership. Um, you know, what is, what are you th- seeing as your responsibility, um, Katie, as, as, or, or, or Carrie, like, what are you seeing as your responsibility for um, thinking about the future of TAG and sort of setting things up so that the future can be a thriving place? I want to give Kai credit for the continuum word because I kept saying pipeline and how much I hated it. 
And she was like, well, we're using Contimino. She's our board president. So uh, shout out to Kai. <laughs> Carrie, you want to take it? I think with any kind of uh, plan or thinking about the future and building these structures, um, I'm coming from uh, an experience of just being a teaching artist and not really working in arts administration. Um, I've had some really great mentors or people that I look up to, like Marissa, um, you know, uh, who was a program manager. And like, I would say, Marissa, don't you agree that being a program manager, working in art administration, and then being a teaching artist, they're two different worlds and there's two different structures. hundred percent. Um, so I've had to do a lot of learning, Courtney. I've had to like really, um, take on a lot of professional development. I, I had to, uh, learn about QuickBooks. Um, and luckily there are people on the board, um, that uh, like Kayla, who um, were willing to like kind of be patient with me and teach me these things. And also you, Courtney, like having conversations with you about what the lifestyle of being in arts administration is. And so I guess my hope for the future with um, building these structures uh, is that we make it really accessible for teaching artists that don't have the experience of being in art administration and um, being patient with them and finding multiple ways to learn that information. Like I like to record the Zoom meetings when I'm learning about QuickBooks so that I can watch them again. Um, I also found that I'm someone that likes to meet people in person and this is a remote job. And so I would like um, ask, uh, I, would, I went to go see Kai in Beacon um, during the face-to-face -face conference. I got to see Kayla and Marissa. And so, and you, Courtney. So I, I think uh, it's being flexible to the needs of who's stepping into leadership and um, I guess shared knowledge as well. So like kind of take like, instead of trying to solve these issues by yourself or like just being like, okay, well, I'm the boss now. I gotta like figure this all on my own, like really using the resources of the knack and, um, Honestly, those ED meetings with Katie are just so helpful because she's so wonderful at all these other things that I'm not good at, like marketing and newsletters and grant writing. And uh, it's just great to not feel so alone and isolated. So I, I hope building on those structures from the previous strategic plan about co-leadership and circles and like really getting deeper with that. Carrie's a really great example of exactly what we want to do at TAG and uh, values. And she's graciously been kind of a little bit of a guinea pig in a lot of ways. And so we've worked out a lot of kinks. Um, so hopefully, you know, for the next co-ED, it'll be um, even better. But, you know, I, I've had a lot of admin uh, work in my uh, career. So some things that come, uh, I think, more quickly to me is because just I've been in that job, right? But that's not what we want to do at TAG. We don't want to just be hiring admin people. We want working teaching artists. We want this to be by teaching artists and for teaching artists. So how do we give teaching artists the opportunity to build those skills? And also, like, in a way, there are a lot of habits that I've learned over the years that I, I don't wish I had because I learned on the job. So, like, how do we unlearn that? and um, give opportunities to those teaching artists. That's, re that's really what we're focusing on right now. 
I want to continue to like uplift what's been said in the ways that Carrie's talking about the different access points for folks to bring folks. This is not what I imagine when I think of an executive director and a, and a board, but that's because we have spent so many years and watched so many TV shows and films that say, you know, the people in leadership look and act a certain way and hold a certain, you know, dress a certain way. And um, we can be a young agile board and that allows us to be flexible and as Katie has said responsive to the needs of our community and we have seen we've gone through a global pandemic and that's what brought me into this work of advocacy because teaching artistry can be so isolating and Carrie really excellently point out like those points of connection in that community is what so many of us are looking for and we're all in different organizations and as we can see all in different states, but there's something uniting us in how do we use something like the National Advisory Committee, which I was like, I don't know if I'm ready. Who am I advise? You know, I was a teaching artist and I was like, who am I to, to be in these spaces? Um, but it is through the support of, of like folks like Katie, who when I was, <laughs> it, you know, I took her ad, what, what was your, uh, the class, workshop you taught Katie? I was going to bring this up when we talked about working remotely. I've never met Carrie and Marissa in person, but I've known them for like three years now. It's wild because um, they both were part of the teaching artist project, which I was formerly the director of. And they both took um, we did during the pandemic. We started to develop like specialized things to help teaching artists different tracks. And I developed an I got a dog ground an administrative track for teaching artists. So like, how do I start passing along those skills? And, uh, and they both took that track. So that's, and then when, once I came over to tag, I was like, I know some folks I'm bringing over with me. Talk about a, not a pipeline, but a, what's the new word we're calling it? Continuum. Talk about a continuum <laughs> in the ways that we have already started mentorship that have brought us to this very podcast today. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because the way I think about strategic plans, maybe because I am very steep in the arts and admin world is more around like what are the big pictures and the visions and so that I thought that was what you all were going to talk about but instead you're you're talking about this um very exciting model of um activating the creative skill sets of a teaching artist geared towards creating infrastructure under which the programming and all these other pieces can happen and thrive in advocate in the idea of advocating for teaching artists um, so that that was really special to hear, actually. Um, and so just to take this a little bit further, we hear, we've heard about, okay, there's various parts of TAG, and I, I, it's kind of still blowing my mind that there's only three people who work there. There's three staff people. Sorry, two staff. You two are the people who do the things. Then you've got three people, three people on the board. Then you've got 29 folks as part of this National Advisory Council, uh, Committee. But then there's also regional, regional networks. What are the regional networks? Well, I will quickly add about the NAC, the National Advisory Committee, is that we, as part of our strategic plan, part of the new structure is we've been finding ways to pay teaching artists to take on more so that it's not just Carrie. And I, we, we don't want everything to be top down. And we don't want to also do all the programming because it's really hard to be an ED and go fundraise and also do all the programming. So how do we pass that on to, so we've, that's been built in as well. Um, but the regional networks, Carrie, do you want to talk about those? 
Oh, so excited about the CAC project. So California Arts Council has been a funder for um, many years um, for TAG, um, formerly uh, TAG when it was California. And um, I was really excited about the um, Proposition 28. So the funding that was going into California for the arts. And um, we decided to create a program to have uh, regional network leaders or teaching artists um, host in-person events ah, based in California. And so we um, got a lot of information or contacts from a consulting gig with uh, Entertainment Community Fund, where we had to do focus groups in um, smaller regions around the U.S., or regions that um, are not really represented as much as New York and Los Angeles. And um, from there, we got a lot of interest about from California. And so we have a coordinator, Shayla James, um, who has already done her regional network event in San Diego. And then we had one today um, uh, that was in Oakland. Um, and we have two more. Um, so these events, are led by teaching artists and they're paid to facilitate, host, create this event. And also they're given a program budget. Um, so that is like 10K given straight to teaching artists in California. Um, and we're just so excited about the communities that they're creating and also the kind of um, confidence that these teaching artists are given because sometimes these events can be really daunting and it's great to have other people that have already gone through it to like share best practices. And I think that's what our hope is for the strategic plan with these regional networks or, and the national advisory committee is that we have this like shared knowledge or um, creating like programs or like literacy programs so that we can learn from each other because we all have these skills like Marissa mentioned with Katie teaching us all about grant writing and also how to use Canva like those things are of worth and really helpful like professional developments for teaching artists and um, what's great about uh, Zoom or having the access to um, having these kind of professional developments and connecting um, members, 29 members from different states, is that um, we can record these, we can share these resource lists. So, um, but yeah, the regional networks um, are uh, really about helping um, uh, organizations or even teaching artists in certain regions that want to find community or are really passionate about um, a certain uh, thing that they're doing. I think I'll add just about the regional networks is, again, we are two part-time co-EDs. We're the staff members. And then we, of course, have our board and our NAC. But it would be impossible for us to know everything that's going on in the country in a national organization. So we re rely heavily on these regional networks for people to come to us. And actually, I'll give uh, our NAC member, BJ Buckley, a shout out. So she is a teaching artist um, who works in get this, Wyoming, Montana, and the Dakotas. So teaching artistry up there looks like totally different. And I had no idea. None of us did because we hadn't had representation from there yet, but they drive hundreds of miles for gigs. And so we actually changed some things on our map because BJ was like, oh, well, when you ask like how much you're willing to travel, like five or 10 miles, that doesn't really speak to teaching artists 
in my region who are driving 300 miles for a gig. And I was like, that's mind blowing. So uh, stuff like that's why we really rely on the regional networks, because how am I in Arkansas or Cary in New York supposed to know what's happening in North Dakota? Um, it's yeah. So that's that's really where trying to build that community. Okay, so I have multiple questions, uh, but the, the, you had mentioned, Katie, that you've been working or you've known these two folks for three years, and now you're in this work working model. So, um, you know, uh, how, do, how do I ask this question? That's not, I'm sorry, what is it like to work remotely? I'll just ask it the way it's written. Um, you know, what is it like uh, uh, to work remotely um, and how do you build community in this like work remote space, workspace? Carrie got a crash course into um, Halea, the former co-ED and I's um, Slack channels and what those really look like on the back ends. We sound a little diplomatic right now, but occasionally you have to vent into something. And so she joined our Slack channel. And she was like, oh, this is how you talk. Um, so I think it's a lot like that. Uh, I don't know, Carrie, I, it's, I, I guess I, we all had to get used to working on zoom, right. In the pandemic. Um, I did have a, a little bit of a, a head start. I had been working remotely a couple of years before that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Carrie, I don't even know how to answer this. How we're friends on the internet. <laughs> what I've learned about Katie is that I do not schedule meetings on Fridays. Don't do that. <laughs> That's a no-no. Also, um, I'm obsessed with Katie's um, dog uh, and the buttons. So I think um, it's really uh, those kind of moments where we really get to know each other. And like sometimes I'll ask questions like, um, oh, uh, I had no idea that Katie did a podcast as well. And so like I've been listening to that podcast and other things too. And um, I, it, I'm really hoping within the strategic plan, Courtney, that we do some kind of retreat for the NAC members and also the staff so that we can meet in person. And now that conferences are kind of happening in person again, I know that um, uh, that can be an opportunity for us to have that kind of, you know, face to face. Um, but I'm really curious what Marissa thinks about this remote job. <laughs> Yeah, it's been really interesting and I think joyful for me in being part of being asked to be part of the NAC, getting a chance to connect with folks from across the country. I just don't think there's many opportunities where we're not like, we're not, we're gathered to advocate, to share, to build community and for a common goal. But it's very rare that we get to have a chance. Uh, I think Katie and folks in leadership have done a wonderful job of reminding us that we are all like teaching artists in this space and we lead with our artistry. So even in like a check-in moment, folks were like, what are you listening to? What are you watching? And they were folks outside of New York. Uh, and I was just like, wow, I want to engage with all of this art and crafts and um, beautiful. Carrie brought like food that you were making at that moment. I was like, that speaks to me so much of the virtual relationship building is we're never going to be it may be hopefully one day all together, but how do we bring our artistries into the space and show up for each other in the moments of connection we do get? And I think it's like how you, uh, we're all moving towards the same thing and uh, that collective energy is, is there. And then how do we keep it sustained through times of 
especially just see like busyness for the end of the year for all of us. How do we make sure that each year we're not all feeling overwhelmed at the same time and create opportunities for that? I was just thinking, Carrie, of like how we got to this point, because really um, when you came on, like I already knew you were a rock star because you were in my track and like you became came on the knack and you were so interested in finance. So that that aspect was really easy. Like that was easy to see, like this Carrie should be in a leadership role. Um, But what I think I uh, both consciously and subconsciously tried to do because we'd already had this mentor mentee dynamic um, is to spend a lot more time. We had a lot more meetings in the beginning, spend a lot more time just like talking and walking through stuff. And I'm a person who like, I know this about myself that I have to like slow down and be like, not everybody is just like, wants to like get everything done right now. And so I think that was part of the process for us is just like a lot of talking online and like, um, you know, as Carrie goes through different experiences of what it's like to be an admin being that, that also that ear <laughs> to be like, yeah, mm-hmm, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's been a lot of that too, but I think, yeah, I think I, I would, I don't know if we, like we were, we are friends now, I would say, but like before, I think it was probably a lot more of like a power dynamic, but now I feel like it's a lot more equal. Just going back to your strategic planning, like how will that experience uh, inform how you structure that continuum, knowing that Katie, you're cycling out at the end of FY24 and like, do you have criteria for finding the next folk are they being, uh, ooh, I was going to use a word that's not right, but like, are they being sort of cultivated in, uh, <laughs> I think you knew what I was going to say, but like, yeah, are they being sort of cultivated now? And is there criteria for that? Like, Yeah, I certainly, yeah. I mean, yes and no. Um, like, certainly we have, we're creating more leadership opportunities on the NAC and, you know, with Marissa and our board, first time board member, stuff like that. But it's not because we're like, oh, okay, Marissa, you're going to be the next co-ED. Not that I'm not, a, you know, I'm not against it, but we have not thrown that out here on the podcast. But, uh, but you know, we we just want those, those folks to have those leadership opportunities. Um, but also to help like prep the next ED for somebody who might be, or even somebody who might not be ready for it right now, but maybe like in a few years after they've served on the knack. Um, yeah, I don't know. Carrie, you want to add anything? Totally. I think that there are a lot of opportunities um, to work at TAG, like even like the coordinator position or the regional network leaders, like, and uh, even though there are part-time gigs, uh, there's still opportunities to step into leadership or admin. So um, I think that's what we're trying with the CAC project is like, oh, we have to create a budget for this event. We have to um, program it. We have to uh, hire a guest panelist and that kind of stuff, which is a lot what Katie and I do. Um, And so I think uh, we're hoping that um, the teaching artists that participate as a regional network leader or a coordinator, or they join uh, the National Advisory Committee that they uh, see that if they want to continue with it, that we're open to um, that kind of, uh, you know, back and forth. Um, One other thing about working remotely with this national um, organization is you really have to be good with time zones. That that is a new skill that I've learned because I'm like, oh wait, 
can't schedule it then because that's it's like 7 a.m in seattle or like uh that kind of sense too so try to get really good with time zones <laughs> we're really trying to not default to east eastern standard time because i mean we have so so much representation from the middle of the country too so yeah yeah so like when i was booking for all of these yeah i had to i had to sort of like craft my brain uh and i was and, and then i was like oh usually i would do it at this time but right that's like seven o'clock in the morning you can't do that. no Courtney, let's go back okay so yes yeah, so <laughs> i understand that so let's move forward we're gonna start wrapping up um I think it was Marissa who said, you know, these are people who are, you know, artists coming into the space for like they're artists first and then administrators or teaching artists, uh, teaching or educators uh, second or follows as part of their continuum. Do you see what I did there? Do you like that? Um, <laughs> so I am curious because you're you're so focused on advocacy for teaching artistry as you are, you know, building your infrastructure, really thinking about the the different kinds of programming that you could be building out uh, across the nation, what would you say teaching artists looks like now? And what do you think it can be evolving to as time goes on? I think that technology plays a big part in all the industries. And I think that um, having uh, the lockdown and having things needing to be online and Zoom has opened up teaching artistry for me within the classroom. Like now I can have Zoom meetings with um, the teachers that I'm going to be working with um, rather than having to travel. Um, and then the idea of what does it look like to teach something remotely also makes it more accessible so you don't have to drive the 300 miles. Um, and learning opportunities. Um, it would cost so much money to go to a place and the conference and pay for the hotel and the driving and then also the registration. And now that, you know, the Teaching Artists Guild has these conferences all online, it kind of takes away that financial barrier um, and makes it so that um, people can all share in the same space from different places in different states. So I guess what I'm hoping for in the future is that we make internet and these kinds of um, digital resources more accessible because, um, you know, the internet is not um, for, uh, like, not everyone has access to it. Um, and wondering also about um, the practices of, like, teaching artistry that might not be in traditional settings um, and uh, wanting to learn from those and honor those as well. So I think that's what I'm, 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 I hope for the future. And if any conference that TAG does that we um, dive into that as well. I have a lot of thoughts on teaching artistry and the ways I've talked about like the isolation. I think so many of us uh, experience across industry, but in teaching artists particularly. And I think that two resources that Teaching Artists Guild has created, I think are gonna be so valuable as we move forward. And that's that um, pay rate calculator, because I think that that's the first time I was like, wow, maybe I should be asking for more. Maybe this isn't an equitable rate. Maybe this isn't sustainable. And thinking about that as 
so powerful as not just us going and saying, hey, I'm advocating for myself, but I'm advocating for myself and others who deserve equitable pay, who deserve um, a living wage, who, especially in a city like New York, when inflation is as high as it is, from an admin perspective, it is so difficult to see teaching artists go through financial hardship because organizations cannot adjust for inflation in that. And they don't have the budget for it. So how are we making sure that folks when they get COVID are not, you know, struggling to pay rent because some teaching artist organizations will not cover that class because, you know, you were out. So how are we continuing to reflect on the way that organizations have treated us in the pandemic and hopefully empowering teaching artists to say, so how, you know, at the end of those follow-ups, what are you supposed to ask besides, so how did you treat your TAs during March, 2020? And there are orgs that are gonna like, have an uncomfortable silence because they laid off their entire staff. And there's organizations that are, I know the ones that I have encountered care and support during those times of challenge are those spaces I would want to continue to to nourish. So this empowerment, hopefully for teaching artists to get a chance to get to look back at the spaces that we inhabit and be like, how are you supporting your artists? How are you, um, adjusting and being flexible to the world we live in. And education is constantly shifting. We're seeing a teaching crisis in this country. You know, how can teaching artistry support those in-school classroom teachers who are really struggling with social-emotional learning, who need creativity to deal with trauma? Um, I see teaching artistry as an opportunity for artists and teachers to shift into this profession and and flourish. Um, But we have to also create infrastructure and supports like the Teaching Artists Guild to be here and provide resource and mentorship at Connection. I think my my thoughts are in line with both of yours. I think there's a power shift coming, really. Um, teaching artists have always been versatile. Denny from Wolf Brown uh, did a research paper recently um, that's over at Creative Generation, but uh, about teaching artistry and recognize that teaching artists are the most vulnerable population in the arts education ecosystem. And I think that as we become more visible and as uh, teaching artists develop more and more skills, become more versatile, advocate for themselves, we are going to see a power shift. We're seeing it at TAG right now. That's a smaller scale, but I think we're going to start to really see it in our regional networks and see it in um, as teaching artists advocate for themselves not only in organizations and at schools, but on a policy level. Um, you know, I'm just waiting for that first teaching artist bill. I'm going to law school in the fall, so I'm hoping I get to be a part of that one day. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so I think I think that's what's coming is a, is a great power shift in teaching artistry for sure. I feel like I heard conference, the word conference came up. You talked about this, our shared future, which took place. April 2022, it was. It was the first... Um, federally funded national conference on teaching artistry um, that we did in partnership with Arts Education Partnership, uh, Hewlett Foundation, the NEA. I'm probably forgetting some people. Please don't come after me. Um, But it was wildly successful. We made so many connections. So many people joined TAG um, and have become involved because of that. And so we're really thinking about what does the next one look like? And um, 
you know, we've had a couple of ideas tossed out. Like, are we focusing on teaching artistry and climate change or, or different stuff? But I think ultimately what this conference is about is raising visibility because we not only had teaching artists come to the conference, we had um, funders, schools, teachers. Uh, it was really, really great. So we're hoping, I think, spring, you hear squeaky over here. Uh, we're hoping spring 2024 um, to possibly host another one so if if you're interested in funding or sponsoring the conference info at teachingartist.com you talked about different kinds of resources the pay rate calculator the ta asset um where can people find you how can people join uh, what's the what's the dealio yo all you got to do is go to teachingartist.com and click the sign up button and you can become a member for free and on that website, uh, you can also see all the resources that were mentioned, like the pay rate calculator, which you can calculate your own rate for free, depending on what state you live in your level of experience. Um, and it's important to join the asset map because the more colorful dots on that map, the more that we can show the world how big our community is within teaching artistry and that it's again not only in new york or in these big cities that it's all over and so making yourself known and visible by just signing up for free has a large impact because then we can show that to our funders and our sponsors and you know policymakers that this is a real profession so it's teaching artists with a s Oh yeah, we're a community. So it's not an individual teaching artist. It's multiple teaching artists. Any last thoughts before we wrap it up? No, but Courtney, thank thank you for always being just like, you know, a huge instrument to help promote the field and for doing the series for us. And it is TAG's 25th anniversary. Well, TAG and ATA together. Um, so thanks just for lifting us up right now. And talking about full circle, Courtney, I was uh, the in intern for the New Victory Theater with Courtney in what, 2017? So when I was like, wow, we are recording a podcast and coming on, I was like, what a, I, what a full circle for me to be able to be in those spaces where folks like you were like, yeah, be an arts administrator, be a teaching artist, Marissa, you can do it. That's like y'all and Anthony Pound were like, yeah, you should. And years later, I'm here on the board and at a full-time program manager job. So the ways that folks support you like really does. And really one day matter. you guys will get to do that to somebody and feel that. And it's amazing. And it just, the cycle continues. The continuum conti continues. The continuum continues. That's an episode title right there. <laughs> that is episode. We, we love to try and figure out the titles, y'all. Um, well, I want to thank each of you, uh, Katie, Carrie, and Marissa. Um, thanks so much for your, your time. Thanks for your like authenticity, which is lovely. Um, and I, I'm, I, for one, as somebody who thinks a lot about teaching artists and don't always have the ability to do the, like the, the, the big countrywide <laughs> sort of focus. I'm very sort of focused in, but the, the plat this platform is meant to sort of help folks who, uh, uh, wherever they're listening from, and it is across the whole nation and, and globally that they don't feel alone, that they feel like they're part of a community. So I am encouraging folks to really get in there and, 
um, join teaching our so you don't have to uh, teaching our skill you don't have to be actually right you don't have to be in America to join nope we we have members all over the world now on our asset map we're, we're really working with the ITAC the International Teaching Artists Collaborative to make that happen exactly so I, I just love that there's these like regional networks yeah I just think that there's something about like the globe to the region to the you know a country to the region and then the local sector but I think it's really important and, and I'm really excited like I, I hate to be that we- I'm that weird person in the in the corner being like I'm so proud of everybody <laughs> I'm just so proud we always need a witness we always need, you know what I mean and I think that tag you're so much a part of tag as well Courtney right like you've seen it through its history before it like its merger and all of that and um it's it's exciting that this organization has changed so much and hopefully it just continues to grow. And isn't that what we all want as an artist or even as a teaching artist to continue to grow and learn? Thank you for listening to episode 63, act three of Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. Looking back to look forward, continuing the continuum. Join us next time for a conversation with Yasmani Arboleda. This podcast is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Totten is the director of creative content. John Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org and head to the pod shop at the top of the page for merch. Find us on Instagram at Teaching Artistry Podcast and now on YouTube. Check out the Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body channel and watch We Can't Go Back. Like our page on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud and Spotify, subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life. Let's start it up now. Ooh.